Informant podcast should not be interpreted as legal advice and are intended for general information purposes only. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. Uh, my name is Erin Hewitt. I am a partner at Burr and Foreman in the Atlanta office in the real estate group, and I'm also the practice group reader for the real estate group here at Burr. Today, we are kicking off our Burr Women in Business podcast series, and we are going to be focusing on life issues in this podcast series, including some content on balance, managing stress and anxiety, professional development and career development issues, and those sort of things. I am honored today to be joined by a very special guest, Madeline McGrain, who is an in-house counsel at Site Centers, which is a real estate development company headquartered in Beachwood, Ohio, which is a suburb of Cleveland. Madeline is a client and a friend, longtime friend. I am thrilled to have her join me in the discussion today. Um, it, it is intended to be a candid discussion that covers a number of topics that she and I have been discussing both on a personal and professional level for the last several months as we've shifted to a remote working environment and been adapting to a new lifestyle. With that being said, Madeline, welcome to the podcast. Why don't you please introduce yourself and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Hi, thanks, Erin. This is Madeline McGrain. I am in-house counsel with Site Centers. I've been there almost three years. I was on a secondment to Site for a year before joining as a full-time employee. And before joining Site, I was in private practice for about years. I focus on real estate transactions. I'm in the corporate transaction group. So I work in Beachwood on the east side of Cleveland. I live on the west side of Cleveland, and I have two young kids. They're four and 19 months. So you have a busy life, both work-wise and personal-wise. Like everybody, but yes, I do. Yes. So let's just jump right in, I think. talk. Let's talk about briefly, so this shift, right? I mean, middle of March, the pandemic hit in earnest, and a number of companies, law firms, businesses, you know, began sort of a forced work from home mentality, right? Let's talk a little bit about that transition, how big of a transition that was, what your schedule looked like maybe before, call it March 15th, and what it looks like now. So before March 15th, I went to the office four days a week, and one day a week I worked remotely from home. And for me, working from home meant my husband takes the kids to daycare around 7.30 in the morning, and I'm home by myself working all day. Post, after Ohio shut down, things changed quite a bit. It was the week before St. Patrick's Day, and I left work on a Wednesday. Things were starting to look dicey in Ohio, and I just packed up everything I thought I would need to work for and I haven't returned since about March 12th. I did not anticipate that my husband would also be home. In my mind, I was, you know, the girls would be home and I would be home and I'd figure it out and he'd have to still go to the office. But when his office shut down, it was a challenge because now we both needed workspaces at home, whereas I had a workspace that I could use and now things have changed. In the beginning, we did not have help at home. We thought, okay, daycare says they're closed for two weeks. 
we can do this for two weeks. Let's talk every morning about what our days look like. So every morning we would say, I have a call at this time. Okay, you have a call at that time. And we worked in 90 minute increments. He would watch the kids for 90 minutes and I would work, then we'd switch. It was a nightmare. It was not sustainable. And that went on until the end of April because we just kept thinking, okay, the kids are going to go back soon. The kids are going to go back soon. The kids are going to go back soon. It's August. The kids are not back. So finally in May, we started getting help. And now we have a really great sitter who is wonderful and we would not be able to work without her. It's interesting, you know, to talk about how you essentially have to schedule your life, right? And your your different tasks that you're going to have in your workday around what this new, you know, work situation is. I, I did something, I guess, kind of similar. I, I didn't start working from home 100% of the time right away when the firm first you know, sort of recommended or demanded that everybody work in a remote environment. I stayed working in the office for a little bit to try to, you know, figure out exactly how that would work. But I can recall similar situations, you know, at home for me too, where I would say, okay, I've got this call or that Zoom meeting or whatever it might be on my schedule. And I need everybody to stay out of the living room, out of the kitchen, keep the dog so it wouldn't bark because... I was hypersensitive about, you know, trying to make my home environment look and feel and sound exactly the same as my normal office environment would be. And it's been interesting to see how that has has shifted. Now I feel like it's fine. People almost expect that when you get on a Zoom meeting or you get on a conference call and you're working from home that there will be background noise. You'll 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 get a flavor for some of the some of the life qualities of who's on the other side of your phone call or Zoom meeting, you know, in the background because people are used to it now and it's almost encouraged, right? It's just, it's part of life. Right. It's really funny. And, you know, in those 90 minute shift days, my husband and I were both still very busy and we would work once the kids went to bed till midnight or later. And that was also rough. And I remember I have a standing call at 10 a.m. on Wednesdays and my boss sent an email around 9.30 saying, hey, can we can we switch it to 11? So just an hour. And I swear to you, I almost had a breakdown because my husband and I had been working a lot. We had already scheduled our day so that I could be on this 10 a.m. call. And I just stared at the email and couldn't decide if I wanted to cry or not. And I finally just responded, I can't change my schedule like that. And it was sort of my first, that's just not going to work in this new situation. Um, And it ended up being fine, but it was definitely this moment of, okay, I can't keep pretending like I'm in the office and I don't have two little kids that need constant attention. So I know exactly what you're talking about, Erin. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point because you were still early on in the process. You're trying to figure it out, trying to adapt, be creative, you know, shift everything. And it's still so new and you're almost raw about it, right? Because you're equal parts, like worrying about your family, worrying about your kids, worrying about yourself health-wise. And then you also have to layer in all these, you know, additional challenges that come from the work environment. It's tough. Um, I find my I found myself also and I don't know if you experience, you know, this in 
in Cleveland or not, but where we live in Atlanta, we live in a high-rise apartment building. And there were pockets of time in which it seemed like the cell towers were overloaded and you couldn't get a call out. So not only then were you trying to, you know, schedule with your family members or whoever else when you needed blocks of quiet time, but you had to either log in early or log in late, you know, five to 10 minutes in order to get a call through to join a conference call line. Um, Same thing with, at least in the beginning, I found, you know, sort of bandwidth capacity for, VPN or Citrix. There were pockets of time during the day that things were much slower. And if you had a project that you needed to get done that required sort of fast bandwidth, you would have, I would found myself some days getting up and starting work at four or five in the morning so that I could have quiet time where the network wasn't too overloaded that I could work normally. Absolutely. I remember in the beginning, the conference calls it it would take me five minutes to get into the line. It would either be busy or it would just would ring and ring and wouldn't go through. I had terrible VPN issues in the beginning. And, you know, I don't know, was it the system overloading? Was it just my computer had a glitch? Who knows? But it was, it just made everything worse. And with the VPN issues, I'd get kicked out and then, you know, by the time I opened everything back up that I'd been working on, it would stop working again. And so there were all sorts of extra stresses in addition to being in a pandemic that obviously none of us have ever experienced before. And so I don't know, now we fast forward how many months later, and of course, I, you know, whether I'm naive or just, you know, chose to be an optimist, sort of went about my life thinking, oh, by the time summer gets here, everything will be back to normal and we'll be, you know, back to the way it used to be. Now, here we are, you know, towards the end of the summer and it's no different than it was in March. And the outlook certainly is grim uh, or not positive, but if you listen to the news. Um, But I do feel like, at least with respect to the work at home environment, now I'm used to it. Now, it doesn't seem challenging or difficult. It just seems like another factor in my work life that I have to manage. And for that, I'm grateful because it definitely creates and promotes a flexible work schedule and a flexible work environment. And, you know, for women, especially, but for, you know, all workers, that's, that's an that's important to be able to have and maintain that flexibility. I agree. I think one thing that's really funny with the length of time that's passed is that this is now, we've all now been home working remote longer than your average maternity leave. And I really like to tell people that to put in perspective, hey, remember when you made a big deal about the fact that I'd be gone for three months? Well, Just put it in this perspective. And I think working from home in this situation has taught the people you work with who thought, you know, no one would ever be able to do this. The people that think working from home means you're sitting on the couch watching TV and not working. This has taught those people that, yes, you can work remotely, that you can work from your home, from Starbucks, wherever it is you need to work and still get stuff done and still be productive. So I think it's been great. And for my team, one thing that I think will be great going forward is that while I had the ability to work from home once a week, my 
paralegals didn't really have that opportunity. So if they had a migraine, they'd have to take a PTO day because they couldn't come into the office. Whereas now, you know, if you can work through a migraine, but just don't want to be around a bunch of people, you can work from home. And I think that's a good opportunity for those members of my team that didn't have that access before. Great point. Great point. Both on, you know, drawing the comparison to the time of maternity leave and then, you know, sort of offering up this more flexible schedule to folks who didn't have it before. And that's, you know, a resource issue too, which companies are going to have to, you know, think through and plan for as they move forward. I, I am convinced that the traditional office environment that we saw in the past is not going to be what we see in the future. I think that's a great shift and I'm thankful for it. When we first started working from home, I I called a kind of an emergency meeting of the lawyers and other personnel in our practice group. And I told them this was right at the beginning and it was a Friday afternoon. And I said, I called a meeting at 4.30, which I'm sure everybody griped about because who wants to get on a conference call at 4.30 on a Friday afternoon? But you know, I said to everybody, look, when you leave the office today, it's a Friday, anything is going to happen. We're still getting updates over the weekend. You need to plan when you leave the office today as if you will not be able to come to the, back to the office for you know a long period of time. Take home whatever you think you're going to need to be productive at home. And I was surprised how many people, one, already had done that and already planned for it, which I was thankful for. But two, the one-off conversations that I had to have after that phone call to sort of remind people what they would need in order to be productive at home, what they would need to take with them. Um, it, it was just interesting, and it highlighted the people who were so used to working in an office environment that their brain kind of couldn't shift to contemplate what working from home meant versus those that already did it on enough of a regular basis and were already sort of prepared. My husband is wonderful, and I sent him to Costco to buy me a printer scanner that weekend and bless his heart, but he waited in line probably an hour and a half to pay for it because it was so busy. But that was a game changer for me during working remotely all the time because to be able to have that resource available. Let's talk about sort of schedule and working from home. How What does your day look like? Does it look like it did when you went sort of pre-COVID when you were going into the office most days, but working from home most days? What, was, what sort of your morning schedule look like? No. So my day is much different now. So I mentioned earlier that I worked on the east side of Cleveland, but lived on the west side. And for those of us who are local know that that means an hour commute each way just because of traffic. It's not that far, but traffic. I know Atlanta has real traffic and Cleveland has less than real traffic, but for me, it meant an hour. So two hours of my day were in the car. So since being home, um, I get to do a couple things that I didn't get to do before. One thing I do is in the mornings at 6.15 in the morning, I work out with a friend remotely. We both have the Peloton and we pick a class the night before and we hit start at 6.15 and it's been awesome. I have an accountability buddy. I probably wouldn't get out of bed if it wasn't for her. If I were still going to the office, I have to be in the shower by six. So that doesn't work and I'm not a 5 a.m. workout. The other thing I get to do is after that, I get to spend time with my kids where I might be begging them to eat breakfast, but I'm not begging them to get dressed and get out the door and get their shoes on and get in the car. I mean, I, I lose that time in the morning that is dragging them from bed to the car to daycare. 
And I love the time that I get with them. You know, sometimes it's playing in the backyard or I drink my coffee on the back porch while they play and we all actually sit down and eat breakfast together instead of, you know, my husband and I eating while we're getting ready and giving the kids something before they get off to school. So my new schedule is different. And then our sitter comes before nine and by nine, I'm my workspace, which is in my bedroom and I lock the door and by 9am I get to start working, which in the past, when I drop my kids off at school, I'm usually at work by nine, but it's not always guaranteed. Things have changed quite a bit. I'm sure they've changed for you as well, Erin. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I um, Atlanta does have its its traffic issues, that's for sure. I'm fortunate in that I live about a mile and a half from the office. So I don't know that I could necessarily say that the commute is that much different for me right now. But there's still a time consideration that you have to take into account, right? When I come into the office, even now, our office has remained open throughout the entire time. We just haven't had normal staff here. But, you know, when I come into the office to work for the day, I get up and get ready as if I'm going to an office job for the day, right? That, you know, I take a shower and do something with my hair and get my, make myself presentable as if I may run into a client or something like that. Well, when I work from home, there are a lot of days where I'm in shorts or jeans or yoga pants and a t-shirt, and I may put a nicer blouse up, up top if I have a Zoom meeting that I have to be ready for. But the amount of time I have to take to get ready to sit down at my computer and start working is much less than if I were to actually get up and go to the office. You know, and that's, that's real time. And for me, that's real productivity time. You know, that, that could mean billable hours for clients time. And and that's meaningful. You can't discount that change and the impact that that is having on people's lives. Right. Or it's scheduling in all that admin time that you have. So when you're really billing hours, you're billing hours. And now you're working on, now you have more time for the admin stuff that you don't get the bill for. And yes, you're right. It's all real time that adds up to being able to do something meaningful, whether it's work-related or not. I read a lot of articles that say that it's important when you are working from home in a remote work environment that you try to maintain some sort of separation between work and home, right? Whether it be where you have your workspace or getting up and taking a shower and having a morning routine to get ready for, quote, your work day and having your work day between the hours of, you know, who knows, eight, nine o'clock in the morning till five, six, seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, whatever it might be. And then you, you stop that. And then you sort of do like you would do if you were going into the office, right? You change into something more comfortable, workout clothes or whatever it might be to have dinner and watch some TV or read or whatever your evening activity is that you do with your family members. Did you try to maintain a, a schedule like that? Uh, and a try a, and a separation, or does it just sort of all come together and you deal with it however you can? So in the beginning with no babysitter, there were no rules. But now that I have consistency, I do certain things. Like I said, I work out in the morning, so I shower in the morning. But I have never been one to get dressed for work if I don't have to go to work. So I'm definitely not in work clothes. I'm not a pajamas all day person either, but I'm definitely in the workout clothes, even though I'm not working out again today or the shorts or the jeans. 
when the sitter arrives, I do try to go into my workspace, come out for lunch, and then go back in and then have an end of the day around five o'clock when I let her go. I try to maintain a workday schedule. Now, my kids, they're often outside knocking on the door, asking if they can come in, telling me they really need something, who knows, whatever it is that day that they've decided. So, you know, every hour or two, there's certainly a distraction that breaks my work schedule, whether I just say, go away, I'm on a call, or hold on, I'll let you in for one second, you know, it just depends on what's going on. But I do try to have sort of a nine to five break for dinner and time with the kids. I try not to look at my phones while we're having dinner. And then when I put them down, I'll still check and see, okay, is there anything I didn't get to? Is there anything that came in in the last two hours that I need to pay attention to? And if there is, then I'll work again at night. And if there isn't, then start again the next day. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I I found, especially when I first started working from home, that I didn't feel like there was any separation between my work day and my personal day. And maybe it's because I was really busy. So I was just trying to cram as many productive hours in my non-sleeping time as I possibly could. So I would be up early, I would work late, I would do all these things. But after that happened for a couple of days, I can recall one afternoon, it was right after lunchtime. I had eaten lunch. You know, I work at our kitchen island. We have, I don't have a space in our apartment. I don't have a space where I can sort of set aside that is a dedicated workspace. I just figure out where I can. And I've kind of set my computer and printer and everything up on our kitchen island. But there was one day where I had been up working early and it was past lunchtime. I had eaten a sandwich for lunch in front of my computer. My husband said, could you take a break for 30 minutes? Let's take the dog for a walk. At first I had this look on my face, like, how dare you interrupt me while I'm working? But I don't think I realized how important it was to step away from that environment, whether it be step away from the computer, step away from the phone, even just step outside for a minute from that little space that I had been in and working for so long, you know, get some fresh air, take the dog for a walk. She loved the attention, you know, spend 15 minutes talking to my husband about not the loan documents that I was reading or the purchase agreement that I was trying to redraft, but just actually take a few minutes to enjoy some fresh air. It, it really made a huge difference for me. And when I work from home now, I really try to set aside some time midday to do something like that. Sometimes I work out. My I work out with a personal trainer and I schedule a one hour Zoom session with her in the middle of the day. I think it's you know, professionally acceptable to take a quote lunch hour. And so sometimes I do that or I'll get on my exercise bike or my Bowflex or whatever it might be and work out some stress and just do something different. It's so important. And I'm not good about doing it in the office necessarily. I work through lunch a lot, but maybe it's because I have distractions in other ways at the office. I get out from behind my desk and walk around the office or talk to people that it breaks up the day a little bit. I think that's something that everyone had to adjust to, or at least everyone who is working in a place with other people around, you know, learning how to coexist while you're technically in your workday, but also trying to replace those interactions that broke up your workday in the office. So I don't have my friend next door that when I remember that the new episode of whatever we both watch was on and we talk about it for 30 minutes. I mean, that was a break in your day that just used to happen at the office. And now you are sort of 
all right, I, I need people to know I'm working and I need to be responsive. And then you sort of forget how to work in those breaks that you had before. And I think I also had to learn and my husband and I had to learn how to, you know, not be each other's coworkers. I don't want to stop in the middle of the day and complain about an issue that I'm having at work that I might've told my friend at work about because it was relevant to our workplace, but I didn't want all of those interactions to be with my husband. I didn't want him to be my coworker. I wanted him to be my husband where I could vent about work if I needed to, but talk to him about non-work related items. All been an interesting transition. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, really what we're getting at here is balance, right? Balance is different for everybody. I truly believe that. Some would say there's no such thing as you know, true balance between work life and professional life. And I understand that argument. I, I believe, and the way that I, I guess, approach it is balance is a spectrum and it, it shifts based on which of the two or different buckets of your life have a fire burning the hottest at that very moment. There are going to be days when personal issues, whether they be kids or family members or spouses or pets or whatever they might be, needs your attention more than the workplace does. And there are going to be other days when the workplace needs more attention than the personal side does. And it's it's a balance and it's a spectrum and it, it shifts on a daily basis. Everybody has to figure out what works best for them. It's a it's very much a personal choice. Balance is so hard. And I remember when I got into law school, I was working for an attorney who is now one of my best friends and was always a great mentor to me professionally. And personally, when I got in, I was debating, should I go part-time and work part-time? Should I go part-time and work full-time? What should I do? And she said, I think you should go full-time. If you find you have time to work during it, do it. But she said, once you become a lawyer, and if you then become a mom, you are always going to feel like you're never giving either your job nor your kids 100%. You're always going to feel like, I did this with my kids and my work suffered because I didn't, you know, give work full today because I'd take my kids to the, maybe it's just the doctor. Maybe it's a baseball game. Who knows? Or you're going to feel like I worked all day and I know my kid tried to tell me a story and I wasn't really listening and I'm a bad mom. I couldn't give her a hundred percent. And I, I, that's just so true. And so her advice was great that it was go full time and dedicate yourself to something because. In the future, you're always going to feel like you're never dedicating enough to anything. But it was just also nice to know that everybody feels that way. And balance is something that we can strive to achieve, but also sometimes just a myth. And it's just, I'm doing the best I can in all aspects of my life at one time. And I'm trying. I find myself saying that a lot, like I'm doing the best I can, right? I just, I, I'm doing the best I can with what I have in front of me. And that has to be enough. And I don't necessarily think this question of balance and this dilemma that we have, and, and it's not specific to women, right? It's a, it's anybody who balances and has to deal with, you know, professional issues and personal issues or, you know, whatever kind of issues. Everybody has balance issues to deal with in their life. It's not a new concept in the remote working environment or the post-COVID environment. I just think it's highlighted now because what would ordinarily be a physical separation for most people between their business life and their personal life, now everything is just together. So it, it almost seems like the balance issues are more complicated. Right. And I think, you know, for 
you and for me as attorneys, we're used to coming home from the office and working again. And, and that's usually because we put in a full day and there's just still more work to do. It's not because we took a two hour lunch and now it's just because that eight or nine hours in the office wasn't enough. We have more work to do. So we're used to it. Striving for balance has always come from that as well. Like why, you know, I couldn't get it done at work and now my kids have to suffer. Now my spouse or my dog doesn't get my attention because I have to give more attention to work. But what I wonder about is if people working from home sort of feel what we used to feel because, you know, there's a lot of employees that clock in at a time and clock out at a time. And once they leave the office, they're, they're not required to do work and they don't. And that's the deal. But I wonder how they feel at home now, you know, still clock in and clock out, but maybe they did take a two hour lunch and now they're working later because they have that, they have that opportunity. And I'd be interested to see how people feel about balance who sort of used to get to leave the office and not think about work and now are managing that timeline. Right. Although I guess selfishly, I look forward to the opportunity when we are all able to do two hour lunches again, and everybody is comfortable with that. And people can share that camaraderie person. I know I so look forward to a lot of different things post COVID, whatever, and whenever that means. So what do you think your schedule will look like generally when we get past this? I don't know if we'll ever be able to say we get past this, but where where we sort of come out of this situation where everybody is working from home all the time. Do you have a start date when you plan to be back in the office or what your company's expectations are going to be about that going forward? We do not have a start date. And right now we are not even allowed, I guess is the word, to go to the office without approval of your boss. So I actually have to go to my GC if I want to go to the office and say why I want to go. You know, we do have essential workers who are going in, um, but outside of that, if you can't just pop in because you want to work a little bit. I don't know when we'll go back. And it's funny, things are changing day to day. My oldest is supposed to go to pre-K in September. In the last 24 hours, a lot of school systems have announced that they're going remote. I don't know if my daughter will be remote. Right now, she's not supposed to be, but we'll find out. When I do finally get back to the office, some things I'd like to see different. I'd like to work from home a little more than just once a week, but I do miss the office. I mean, I miss seeing people. I miss some of that social interaction, but also seeing maybe not people I work with, but people I work near and meeting for lunch and going out, going out to a restaurant. I just miss. It'll be interesting. It'll be different. I don't miss my commute. I'll, there are some things about working from home that, you know, I'll be sad to give up. I'll be sad to give up that morning workout if I can't figure out how to get up an hour earlier than I do now, I'll, I'll miss that relaxing time with my kids when I'm not pushing them to do whatever the next step is to get them out the door. And I don't know what the office will look like. I, I understand that we've already implemented some things to change the environment. Uh, I believe, you know, right now you are going, you have to check in through an app and say, I don't have a fever, I don't have symptoms. I've heard, and I don't know if this has happened yet because I haven't been to the office, but perhaps even our microwaves will be app-based and touchless, like lots of touchless 
upgrades. I, it'll just all be very interesting. There's things I'm looking forward to and there's things I'm definitely going to miss. Yeah. I, it makes a ton of sense. We have implemented, a, you know, a number of protocols in the office too, along those same lines, you know, requiring people to wear masks in the common areas. Every time you log in to the system, you have to click to certify that you, you know, don't have a fever and that you are exhibiting no symptoms, things like that. You know, all the sort of what we would consider, I guess, ordinary and customary procedures that companies are implementing now and and they have to, right? I'm with you. I I don't know that I will ever see myself in a schedule where I am feeling like I need to be in the office working five days a week. Now, maybe I will. And depending on my schedule and the volume of projects I have on my desk on any given time, I will prefer to be in the office. But I certainly, my expectation is that I will continue to have somewhat of a mixed schedule and work from home some and work work in the office some. Is Atlanta scheduled to go back to school in person? Do you know? It's a good question. We Most of the Atlanta metro area schools, including Atlanta public school system, as I understand it, will be fully virtual for the fall semester. They're one of the Atlanta school systems in Gwinnett County has been in the news a good bit the last couple of days, especially because they were intending to try in-person classrooms and the number of teachers and other school personnel that tested positive was just an astounding number. So I think it's it's made people nervous. I understand that a number of the private schools will be in-person, maybe because they feel like they can maintain some of the social distancing and other, you know, CDC recommended guidelines a little bit more easily with less students. I actually, you know, on with our kids, we've got two in college and one is going to be a senior and has an off-campus apartment with her sorority sisters and has said that she is going back to her apartment no matter what, whether she's taking all her classes virtually or whether she's going to them in person. She is ready to be you know, back sort of on campus, if you will, and in a more sort of traditional college environment. And our youngest is going to be a freshman this year and is scheduled to move into her freshman dorm with her roommate about a week from now. And we have not heard any different guidance from the university about that. I have absolutely no idea and frankly, confidence, I guess, if I'm honest, about whether that can be maintained. It just, it seems like everything that we're hearing about how quickly the number of cases are spreading, you know, tells me that they may not be there all semester, but I hope for her sake that she is. I think that first year, you know, freshman college, experience, dorm experience is really is an important social growth opportunity. And I, I really hope for her case that she's able to do it and she's looking forward to it. She doesn't want to miss that that life lesson and that life experience. I, I guess we'll see. Time will tell. Yeah, that's tough. And I think for me, with my oldest going back in person as of now, I, which, you know, part of me thought, okay, I got to find out if she needs the school supply list. And then I thought, I'm just going to wait because I may find out the day before that she's not going back in person because of the way things are changing. At this young age, and that's my only experience right now, so I don't know how long it lasts, but these kids come home from daycare with a random fever illness frequently. So it's just going to be insane. They can't go if they have a fever. They have to be home till they're without a fever for 48 hours at least. I just, as a working professional, if I have to go back to the office, I'm going to be constantly saying, 
I've got to work from home again because my kids are homesick and it's going to occur frequently. They're going to have whatever daycare virus it is that week or that month. And I just think it's going to be a really tough fall in that respect. And it's going to be tough pretty much for all school age kids, no matter what they're doing, whether they're staying home and doing it remote or they're starting college or it's their senior year. I mean, everybody's got challenges because it's just not the normal process. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, who knows what next semester will look like, right? I've heard several school systems are breaking up their fall semester into essentially into two quarters. And they're going to try virtual learning for the first quarter and see how that goes and determine whether they think they can go to in-person class environment the second half. I know at least at the university level, what we've been told is that the kids will be in classes on campus until about the middle to last part of November, right before Thanksgiving break. And then once Thanksgiving break comes, they will not go back to campus for the rest of the school semester. All exams will be done virtually and online. All sort of exam prep periods and exam prep classes will be done virtually. And maybe that's because they expect that is sort of hitting on flu season. So it would be better to keep some of the numbers like on campus down. They also have not issued a start date for spring semester. They want to wait and see how fall semester goes and determine whether, you know, whether in-person or virtual is going to be the wave of the future. You know, I I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out and everybody is going to be learning and adjusting at the same time. I know we've talked about this before, but what are you seeing in terms of how are you guys going to manage PTO? Because I know that our company has in several different ways gently encouraged all of us to start using PTO because we can't all be gone in in December. But I think when school starts, a lot of parents are going to end up taking PTO because what's going to happen when your kid does come home with a fever or if someone in your child's class has COVID, then do you have to stay home for 14 days? And it's nice that we get to now sort of say, I'm going to work remote for 14 days because I can't leave my house. But I do think while no one's really been taking PTO now, I think we're going to see an increase because of however the school year is going to shake out. Yeah, I think you're right. And we've been doing some similar. On my direct team, I don't have anybody with young children at home. So I haven't had to think ahead to deal with those issues yet. But perfect example, one of the people on my direct team has something like 12 days worth of hours that she needs to take before the middle of October. Otherwise, she will lose it. And I will not admit to be 100% up the curve on you know what exactly our leave policy looks like because right or wrong in the law firm environment, the rules are sort of different for attorneys than they are for you know non-attorney workers because the expectation is, well, I think that you have a billable hour target, and that should prompt you to sort of self-manage your time off a little bit. You know, with the firm personnel that have paid time off or vacation days, I think you almost have to encourage people to take it off. One, because it's important. The mental and emotional health concerns related to what we have all been going through, whether it be the pandemic or the social issues or anything else that you have going on in your life right now, it's a lot. And it it wears on you and it's exhausting and it's a lot to think about. And that probably is a whole different podcast just dealing with that particular issue. But 
people need to take time off and it's important for overall health reasons. And I've been encouraging my team and trying to encourage myself to take that time off when I need it. And I hope that people will continue to do that. I guess we're all kind of going to be learning and adjusting over the next couple months as we move into this new phase. I don't know what the right answer is. Maybe there isn't one. And maybe it's that everybody has to sort of adjust and adapt in whatever way works best for them and their team. So that probably wraps up our conversation at this point. Madeline, thank you so much. We are so grateful and honored that you were able to join us today. And your insight on these issues and personal experiences is really helpful. Thank you for being so candid. Thank you for having me. Well, that wraps up today's podcast. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. If you want to reach out to Erin Hewitt, you can do so by emailing her at E-H-E-W-I-T-T at burr.com. And please be on the lookout for future episodes of our women's podcast series. Burr also has a library of podcasts available on topics such as e-signatures, labor and employment, and our weekly Take 5 podcast, which gives you the top five things you need to know each week as it relates to immigration. You can find these podcasts and other information about our firm at burr.com, B-U-R-R.com. Thanks, everyone.